This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. I encourage you to go to theropetrainer.com now and see what all the hype's about. You want to listen to John Smolch, Chris Verna, Earl Perrin, all the gang over there, as they've created a great device, a great tool for you to use to train the arm, to help rehabilitate the arm, to get the arm prepared, and most of all, to save some of those bullets from when you need them the most. Uh, They're making a difference over there with young arms, older arms alike. You're going to start seeing them in bullpens all over the country. You already are starting to see some pros use it as, uh, again, if John Smoltz and Chris Verner are going to be involved in it, you probably should pay attention. John took some time out of his Hall of Fame speech to address this arm epidemic we have with kids, and we take it very serious on this show. It was a natural marriage and relationship with The Rope Trainer. We appreciate their support, and we're asking you to check them out today, theropetrainer.com. I'm happy to welcome in my co-host, Spiker Holmes. Spiker, what's going on? It's going. It's going. I got my Ripken uh, polo on, and, I was you gonna got, say, and you got your uh, did, our moms call, did our moms call one another this morning and coordinate our outfits? Coordination. This is, this is not going to be good. No. Um, excited about the show today. Uh, I've talked to some people, uh, a lot of the people that have kind of asked about you as you've joined the show, and you've brought so much to it already. You know, like, you know, what does Spiker do? Who is he? What What's the deal? And, you know, obviously one of the things you do is you're part of an extremely, you know, quality baseball program here in the St. Louis area. And um, been wanting to talk to you guys and give you the opportunity to come on and talk a little bit about yourselves as we've talked to some of the other local programs. We've talked to programs from all over the country, but, you know, when I have such a great pace from here in St. Louis, we definitely want to do that. So we're going to do that today as we're going to meet your general manager and Talk a little bit about who you guys are, what you do, why you do what you do. You know, just some of the basic stuff as, you know, people are always searching, I think, and sometimes maybe over-searching, but that's good. I'd rather people be informed than uninformed. Yep, and he's, he's a good friend, and he knows a lot about baseball, and I'm glad to have him on the show. Well, we need as many people that know a lot about baseball as we can get yep. in here. So before we do that, though, we want to remind everybody to make sure you check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. It's where you'll find the website. Uh, website. It's where you'll find the podcast. Uh, that's obviously the website. But the easiest thing is you can just click subscribe to the podcast. It'll give you a notification each time we come out with a show. It's very simple to do. It'll take you to a page. You'll click on basically how you want to subscribe based on your mobile provider. Walks you through it. It's completely free. And like I said, as we try to do some different things from time to time and might release shows on different days, just gives you a little notification letting you know you're ready for your newest episode of Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, our Twitter following grows each and every day. Uh, we've said it all along. If you follow us and you're in, at all involved in the game of baseball at any level, we're going to follow you back because we want to know what you're thinking. A lot of times people use Twitter to just throw things out there when they're frustrated or happy. doesn't matter to us. We're curious what it is you're thinking. So follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. I promise you, if you're involved in baseball, we're going to follow you back. We love everybody's involvement on Facebook as well. It's one of the ways we've grown the show for sure. Just search us, Youth Baseball Talk. Can't miss us. Like our page. Uh, what we ask is, is when we put out some content, if you would just like it and share it, that would help us grow the show and kind of reach those masses of people that are kind of, you know, I compare it sometimes. Uh, now, this is, might be a little overboard, but I compare some of the masses when it comes to youth baseball, like The Walking Dead. A bunch of people just walking around going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do next? You know, but I, and that's probably an exaggeration, but I, I got to be honest, after years of doing it, it gets that way sometimes. So that's why we ask that you, you know, just aid us in sharing the show. You never know who it might reach that might be dealing with something we're talking about or, or maybe answer a question before it needs to be asked. Yep. And we're, we're here just to give out as much information as we possibly can, reaching out to um, key influencers, big-name guys, and um, trying to get out as the best information we possibly can. Yeah, I w- um, before we get to our guest, I want to use something that happened between me and Spiker last week as an example of how it goes. Um, because, you know, nobody's, nobody out there is perfect. I mean, there's, there's just no perfect people involved in this business, I assure you. Um, we had some stuff going on on Twitter about hitting, and it was about verbiage and, and how you go about it. And I told uh, Spiker, I texted him, I said, I think we're sending a conflicting message here because you're t- saying one thing and I'm saying another, and people are going to go, wait a minute, this is coming from an account that typically does this. And what Spiker and I were realizing in our conversation is this is an example of why you have to talk about things, and you have to not take everything in 140 words on a text message or a, uh, a Twitter message. you got to go out and do your research and homework and realize 
What are people really talking about? How are they explaining it? What are they doing? Take your time to do this. Because when it comes right down to it, as we were, as we both are, we, we know this, but we do it every day, right? It's it, a lot of times it's verbiage. It's how it's taught. Everybody's trying, I think, for the most part. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give a blanket uh, accreditation to everybody out there. But I think most people are trying their best to get people in a good position to do whatever it is they're doing within the game of baseball. Sometimes they talk a little bit differently about how they do that. And the Chipper Jones thing mm-hmm. was a, a prime example. You know, uh, Chipper Jones, if you saw it, is talking about hitting down on the baseball, and then you watch a slow-mo video of him in a game, and he's definitely not swinging down on the baseball. But some people could say, well, the barrel has to come down before it comes up. Okay, well, if that's what you're saying, then that's what you should say. You shouldn't say swing down on it because we got a bunch of kids out there chopping wood. I, that's my point on this whole thing. That's where everything gets cloudy and gray. So that's why you have to, A, and that's why I'm excited today to talk to uh, the general manager from the Rawlings Tigers, just as I was to talk to the Pirates, the Gamers, the Prospects. Take your time and don't blindly do anything. Talk to them a little bit about what they do. Anybody worth their salt is going to be happy to talk to you before you commit dollars, time, and effort about how they do things, why they do things, what they hope to accomplish. If you're not on the same page, it's probably a marriage that isn't going to end well. So um, on that note, let's uh, let's welcome in your friend. Why don't you introduce him, Spiker? Yep. Um, we have the general manager of the Rawlings Tigers, David Berkby. Um, he... He is the the guy when it comes to the Tigers. Um, he went to um, the University of Rolla, um, pitched there, um, was, was a standout pitcher, and he has been with the Rawlings Tigers since day one and has really just taken this thing um, way above and beyond um, his call. It's well, unbelievable. Well, let me tell you, you're kind of like smirking and smiling, so you either are really proud of this yeah. or it pains you to say it's one or the other. It no, doesn't no, really matter. No, I, I, mean, I mean, <laughs> he's he's unbelievable at what he does, and I, I can't stress that enough. Um, so, I, I mean, with that said, let's just get right into it. Yeah, know him. let's yeah. welcome him in because we need people in the game that are unbelievable at what they do. So mm-hmm. let's welcome in David Berkeley with the Rawlings Tigers. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, excited about having you. This has taken too long, and I apologize. Um, I know I'd met. We actually chatted uh, a year ago, almost about you coming on and, and yeah. doing this, and you know the show's kind of. I say, and and that was why I was really excited about Spiker coming on board because the shows kind of look like the guy that was doing the lines on the highway was had a few <laughs> too many, and it's been going like this. We've been going here and there, and everything's been good. It's just you know the consistent of what we're trying to do here. So we've been doing some series and things like that, but we take a little break from them from time to time. So. I'm glad you can join us today. No, thank you. Um, let me first start off by saying, as a and I, when I use the word outsider, what I mean by outsider is, is a I'm a guy that uh, my kid didn't play for the Rolling Tigers. Um, you know, we had our own situation here in Edwardsville um, that I wouldn't call program ball, um, like you guys are. Um, but I've watched from afar as you guys have really grown into a quality organization, and not that you weren't quality at first, but what I mean is. You guys were doing a lot of things the right way, and I think those things after a while now have really started to pay off for you guys. I've been noticing a lot of and – and not that accolades are everything, but we're seeing a lot of good things happen to your players, well-earned things that I'm sure you'll touch on is more than just about baseball. It's about character and academics and things like that. But you guys are having some real success, uh, and it's obviously how you're doing what you're doing. So. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do for the Tigers, you know, and, and then we can kind of get into the, 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 the whys. Well, yeah, so I guess I'll start back. When we started back in 2011, um, I basically started with the program as, as just a coach, uh, just fresh out of getting my master's degree at Lindenwood, and started with Aaron Jaworski, who's our club president, who he's a tremendous guy, um, just does everything the right way. I wouldn't want to be with anybody else doing this. And it kind of ran itself into a full-time job. And, and like you said, we started very small. We started with, what was it, Spike, maybe eight teams, nine teams the first year? Yeah. Um, and then gradually grew to... To think that that's small. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it was back in the day no, when I we know. started you know, with one team per age group. Um, and, and we took our licks the first year and, and probably the second and third years as well. But we stuck to our process. Um, we've always been a development-first program. Um, just really dedicated to doing the things the right way, uh, giving as much um, content to our players as possible, uh, trying to pass along as much information as we can possible to them to make them a better player. And uh, Jaws, as you know, I'm the uh, the owner of the club. He's never been about um, 
taking shortcuts. He's always been about doing things the right way and providing as much training, as much information, um, as much support to our families and players as we can, and that's kind of led us to where we are now. Um, here, I'll give you the like the hypotheticals. So if I'm a parent, because you know I think that's we try to take the role um, sometimes when we're speaking to people like yourself. What would a parent say, or maybe what would a, a coach who's thinking about doing something or whatever, or the kid himself, what would they want to know? So the first thing I'll ask you is, why the Tigers? Like, why, like, if I was to choose the Tigers, what can I expect? For me first, it's, it's the people involved. It's the staff. Um, from, from Jaws, who's the owner, to Shat, Shannon, who's our administrative coordinator, as Spiker will tell you, she, she, take care, she takes care of all of us. Yeah, she's a saint. Um, and she, she just does a wonderful job with providing the information to our, our parents and players. But then just our, all of our coaches. Um, we have former college coaches, former professional players, former college players, current high school coaches. We have the whole gamut um, of people who are just really in it for the right reasons. Um, we're not in it for, for the glory. We're not in it for winning titles. We're in it to make those kids better um, and providing as much information as we can to them. That's, that's what makes this whole thing tick, um, just people who are genuinely excited about teaching the game of baseball. So uh, if, a, if a kid decides to join your program, <clears throat> What can they expect as far as the training aspect? Are you guys a lot of, um, I guess I'm trying to think of how I would like to ask this question. What, is it pretty like we have this training available and it's on you to show up? Or is it a lot of one-on-one? Is it team training? Is it group training, age training? Like what can they expect? Because, you know, we talk a lot on here that I, I jokingly say that the games a lot of times are for growth of the player. But a lot of times they're for the fun part of for the player and really the parent the 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 player really gets better training and then they have to apply that in a game obviously which is part of getting better i mean what do we we call a lot of kids cage warriors or or mound (laughs) warriors can they take it into the game so that's where they learn to apply what they but you got to get better somewhere and a lot of times it happens in the off season yeah so i guess i'd separate into two categories we have a what we call our youth program which is ages 5u through 14u um, where those teams are all coached by fathers um, we provide information and training for the coaches throughout the year in, in clinic forms. And well, then you we know also, I like that. And we also <laughs> provide um, uh, cage space and then training for those players. We run through a uh, youth program where we have, I guess you can call it a booklet or a program, mm-hmm. where certain age groups, there's certain criteria that they need to hit in terms of fielding, hitting, pitching, et cetera. And it's all kind of laid out for those parents and players and coaches to see. Um, just general guidelines that by the age of 10, you should be able to do these certain things. Um, and we try and stress that in our, in our winter training formats as well as we run summer mini camps for our youth teams. And we'll be out, like spikers out at their games all the time. And, and we do do one-on-one work with certain players. But and one, uh, thing, one thing that we do a lot of that we don't really, we don't really tell people is that we do a lot of recruiting videos. And we, we, we try to get out to as many games as possible. Like this Saturday... What I did was I woke up, I went straight to the ballpark, high school ball, high school high schoolers, and then went straight to the youth. And then I didn't get from home from the ballpark until about nine. Yeah. Well, and you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but my my show has been built upon one thing, and that is coaches need to be coached. Sure. I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion. God bless anybody that volunteers their time. God bless anybody that wants to give of themselves to the whole thing. That's not my point. My point is. You have an opportunity to affect a kid in a lot of ways, um, sure. both mentally, physically, you know, emotionally. What a, you have to take that serious, okay? And you know, we, I'm of that age. I'm, I'm, I think I'm older. I'm the oldest one in the room, of course. But I'm of that age where I still hear a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, we didn't need this when we were kids, and we played 13 games in little league, and da 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 da." And I say, "Okay, that's fine, and that is fine, sure, okay." But the the, the games changed. The way it's done has changed. It also should be, now, quote-unquote, should be about the kid. So is this something the kid wants to do? If you're making him do it, you're wasting your time. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay, so for me, the big thing, and where I was going with this is, when I was young and I played 13 games and had 13 practices, you know, how much did my coach really have to do with making me the baseball player? Was Yeah, he guided me a little bit. But I use this term, and it's probably not a great term to use with kids, but he had his hands on me how many times, okay? 
now a coach has their hands on these kids 55, 60 times a summer at games, oh, yeah. which means I guarantee you there's another 55 or 70 practices at some juncture throughout the course of a year. Oh, yeah. So I use the term a lot, I know enough to be dangerous. And what I mean by that, and I use that on here a lot, and I do get, I've had people say, hey, Jim, I hear you say enough, know enough to be dangerous. What exactly does that mean? I say, well, let me tell you what it means to me. What it means to me is sometimes, you know, we may feel like we know everything or we may feel like our way is the only way, and we kind of strictly input that on a kid, and then we put him in a box. All right, well, maybe not. Maybe, you, maybe we need to open up our ears and go learn some more. And I was guilty of it. I was, uh, was going to coach hockey. I played hockey, my, you know, and they wanted me to get involved. And I said, I'll do it, but I'm not going to that class. I don't need to go to some class. I couldn't have been more wrong. I absolutely needed to go to that class. That was wrong. Stupid, really, on my part, because I think I could have been good at it. And the fact that I chose to not want to get better and realize that there might be a way to approach these kids better than what I know, that was selfish on my or selfish on my part. So, you know, that's my thing is that coaches need to be coached. I love the fact that you, you do that. I've said a million times over, I think a youth program is only going to be as good as its coaches. Um, I like the uh, set of standards almost. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, this is what you should be able to do by the time you're this age, and this is how you get there. Um, I think it kind of puts a little onus on the player. Mm-hmm. We know, what do we say all the time? You think you're going to get better just coming here once a week? You're not. You're going to have to do this at home. So guess what? Here are the things that we do. I would do them at home. So, no, that's great, too. Um, so if I hear you right, your um, your youth group is coached by dads, mm-hmm. probably not just any dad. You guys, my guess is probably, okay, what do you do? What you know, And probably evaluate them a little bit. Yeah, we meet with every youth coach beforehand, before ever taking them on to make sure that they fit our, our standards. Um, just that they're in it for the right reasons and make sure that they format to, to what the Tigers do. Yeah, um, and I've talked to numerous organizations out there, and they, they do that. And, you know, to be honest with you, one of the – if you ever ask them, one of the hardest things they have to do is remove a coach because they've observed and, you know, and, and, the, and a lot of them have said, you know, the thing is it's – you know, most of the time they'll tell you this, great guy. Just when he gets between the lines, he loses sense of what we're really trying to do here. And that's a hard thing, but applause to people that are willing to say, you know, I, I talked to Andy about this one time. He's like, listen, you're wearing my jersey out there. You do something, you you represent my whole organization. I can't have that. I mean, as much as I might like you, as much as you might know about the game of baseball, how you portray yourself may come back on the rest of us. So you're kind of doing it to us. So yep. that's awesome. Um, okay, so a kid kind of goes to your program. Um, we talked, Spiker and I, about tryouts. Talk a little bit about how that works with you guys and your approach towards tryouts. Kind of as it transitions. Yeah, or whatever, however you do it. Like, yeah, what is I mean, you know, because tryouts mean a lot of things to a lot of people. I've I've talked about my own horror story on here of running them and just having to look a bunch of of seven-year-old kids in the eye and say, maybe next. It was the last time I ever did it. I I thought, and I was, and I say this, you know, you can't get anywhere if you don't admit your own shortcomings, faults. Before I did it, I was all in. I was like, hey, it is what it is, man. You're either good enough or you're not. If, if you're not, there's plenty of places for you to go. But this is going to be a AAA team. We're going to go play the best competition. I need the 12. And I mean to tell you, man, when you look at 60 kids that just want to play baseball and you have to say, and we didn't say you're not going to. It was, you're not ready for this. You need to just keep doing what you're doing. It doesn't matter how you word it. It, it hurts. It sucks, yeah. It, it's not a fun thing to do. I mean, as we transition from our youth to high school, um, that's kind of where we restart the process. That's where our staff takes over more hands-on um, and, and where we, we control every aspect of, of what they do, from their training to their schedules to their uniforms to, to fall ball to everything that they, that they want to do. And, I mean, what would you say, Spike? We see about 400 kids every year. At um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine even more throughout the year. Yeah, I mean it's crazy individual stuff when people say, "Hey, you want to take sure. a look at me and see?" Yeah. Sure. And so, we, and how many kids do you probably have in that end of your program? I mean, we have a hundred and ninety to two hundred players at our high school level right now. We have thirteen yeah. teams. Um, so, so yeah, we say no to a lot, and that is not an easy thing to do. And I think that me and Spiker and Aaron and and the rest of our staff do a, do a nice job of of giving every kid. The, the chance right and making sure that and here's and here's one thing about tryouts that is hard to um, consume when you're a player is that you have one day that's all you got you got yeah. one day and I, I tell guys all the time it's like 
today was just not the day. Yeah. Train a little bit. Train a little bit more. Give me a call. I'll do another tryout. I'll do yeah. I'll do five more if you want to, and then and then we'll see where where the chips lie. Sure. Well, that's a great great way to take it. That's got to give a kid a lot of hope. I, you know, and again, I, I guess in the general scheme of things, and I I don't claim to be right. I don't claim to do it right all the time. You know, I think about the tryout thing and the fact that I thought I could do it and then realized, again, I'm not saying it's wrong. For any organization out there, I'm not saying if you do try if you make your kids try it every year from the age of five on, it's wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I couldn't do it, okay? I'm not saying I couldn't have subjected my kid to it. I probably could have. If I wouldn't have had a nice situation and I had to take him somewhere and they said, this is how it works, okay. He would have just learned at a young age, this is how it works. Because let me assure you, that is how it works when they get older. And that's why when you get to high school, we had an interesting article um, that Spiker and I were kind of throwing around on, online, you know, and it was the whole, should these kids sit, you know, when they're young? Because what happens? Uh, I, I'm guilty of it. I had 11 kids on my team, and every game I batted 11, and two kids worked in and out here. And, did, and I had a friend of mine tell me three years ago, four years ago, he said, listen, you're what's wrong. And I said, what, what are you talking about? I'm in, I'm, I don't care about winning. I'm trying to develop kids. He goes, oh, no, you're doing a nice job of developing them on the field. Are you developing them off the field? And I said, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? We talk, I, I'm like, he's attacking me. I'm like, wait a minute. I, have you ever seen how we coach? We don't belittle kids. We, we work with them. We t- 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 That's not what I'm talking about. You do not have these kids prepared to play high school baseball. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, we do. Look at any of my players. They're fundamentally sound. They may not be the best at this, but they all know how to do this. They know where to go. They he goes, that's not what I'm talking about. I said, what are you talking about? He says, mentally, your kids, when they get to high school, if they have to sit, they're going to lose their minds. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, why does a kid have to play every inning? Why can't he sit for three innings and then come in a game and another kid come out? If he's having a rough day, if he's not hitting, if he's not pitching well, if he, why? Why? Why is it good enough when they're a freshman but not good enough when they're in eighth grade? And I said, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I was, you know, and anybody that knows me knows I'm very rarely lost for words. I was lost for words. And it goes back to the cost, like tournaments. Well, sure. I mean, that, that, that money drives that because if I'm paying for something and, uh, and it's a full season, I want my kid to play. Right. And then when you get to high school, it's a whole nother ball game. It's a whole nother story. You're starting to go down more of a professional type of route right. where college, I mean, I had guys that I played college with for four years. They didn't play an inning. Yeah. It's not one. You know, uh, I'll ask you, David, as, as you've been involved in this. It, it took me back to a time I remember, um, you know, you walk up to the plate with mm-hmm. your lineup. Another guy walks up with his lineup. You meet the umpire. And I guess, and the, the only reason I didn't know this is because I had never done it. I'm assuming if you don't bat your lineup, you have to declare that you're not, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So the guy says, here you go, coach. Here's my roster. I'm, I'm only batting nine. And I go, Really? And he goes, yeah, you got a problem with that? I go, oh, no, I, I don't have a problem with that. I said, you can get away with that? And he looked at me, <laughs> and, he looked at me and I said, my par- I think I'd get murdered before I got out of the park. And he goes, my parents know the deal. And I said, okay. And off he walked. Oh, wow. And I just remember going, wow. And I, 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 we were, I think we were 12, yeah. 11 or 12, and I just remember going, whew. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, it's tough, and I coach the 17-year-old age level. Yeah, you don't summer. have that problem. <laughs> well, it, I do and I don't because, you know, we carry a roster of 12 to 13 positional players on, on those level teams and probably four to five pitcher-onlys. And, um, you know, if, if Johnny, who plays third base, is sitting and there's a couple of recruiters in the stands that game, well, guess whose fault it is that he didn't get recruited by them. You know, that's that's where it comes into an issue. But kids have to learn that there's a lot – to be done while sitting on the bench. How do you be a good teammate? How do you how do you learn more about the game by observing? Right. Um, those those types of things you learn from sitting. You, and and playing in seven games in a weekend or six games in a weekend. I mean, you can't do that as you get older and you get too fatigued. You don't show well. Well, you know, it kills me to hear you say that. So that's what kills me. So a 16-year-old gets fatigued and can't do it, but a 12-year-old can't. God, that kills me. Somebody tweeted out this weekend, too, that the new high school pitching rules say that if you throw this many pitches, you need this many days off. But yet at 12U, 
you can throw that many pitches, you can throw the next day. Three innings. Unbelievable to me. Unbelievable to me. Well, there, sorry to mean to interrupt. Well, there was an, there was an issue this weekend that um, we saw. Um, not, not our team. Um, I'll keep the team anonymous, but they end up going um, throwing a kid. Uh, what was it? 140 pitches. 150. 150. Pitches? Yeah, 150 yep. pitches over a three day span. One what, two day span. It was maybe one or two relief appearances in a start. And guess what? They end up winning the trophy, but that trophy is going to be in the trash in two years. I mean, what to me? What does that matter? What, you're not going to remember that trophy in two years. But be careful, you. I got called a communist on here like a year ago <laughs> for saying that. I swear, I, I saved the thing. I mean, the guy's like, "You're what's wrong with this country? We're going to lose the next world war because of people like you." I mean, I like winning as much as <laughs> yeah, everybody else. I mean, Don't come, get come me play me in a game of basketball or something, <laughs> which I'm horrible at. I will try to kill you to win. Yeah. But but I would I would forfeit a game in a heartbeat. I'd forfeit the uh, the biggest championship game in a heartbeat if I didn't have any pitchers left that I could pitch in a healthy manner. It, it'd be done. I tried There'd to be do it. no question. I tried to do it once. Yeah, I walked up. I walked out. I said, I'm not going to sit here and watch this anymore. Jack goes, what are you talking about? I said, we'll just come off the field. I'm not going to do this again while you throw that kid out there. If you can't see he's tired, you shouldn't be over there. Yeah. And here, here's You th- coach your team, I'll coach mine. I said, I will coach my team. I'll walk off this field right now. Yep. And here's a thought. Like, barring the talent, let's just say that he's talented enough. You've just costed him a $20,000 scholarship. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. That that it could. That's you do deep. It enough. That's pretty deep. You yeah. know, I again, I, you know, I, I, I've always said that I'm not here to tell anybody how to do it. I'm here to just tell you, you know, give you some examples of mis- And I always start with me and my own kids, the mistakes I made, the mistakes they made. Um, if you can't do that, you know, how can you look people in the eye and say, hey? So you know, I don't know. But you guys, you, again. I've watched from afar, I guess, and I got to know Spiker a couple years ago. Um, but before I even met Spiker, I was paying attention to what you guys were doing. And not that you need my, you know, not that you need my approval, but you guys have really done it the right way. I was, and again, you don't need me to be proud of you guys as an organization, but, you know, there's some bickering back and forth on social media between other organizations. You guys don't get involved in that. Um, I've been at, obviously, tournaments every weekend for years where your guys are there your coaches are always doing things the right way respectful Appreciate your players that. play the game the right way that all starts somewhere and you know and, and when we're talking to people out there and when you're listening again sometimes people want to wear a certain name across the front of their jersey that's fine sometimes people want to be associated with a certain person that's fine as well you have to do what you have to do all we ever say on here, and Spiker, you correct me if I'm wrong, but we want you to do your homework. And those are some of the things that I would be doing. I will tell you, I get phone calls all the time. Hey, what do you think? Um, my kids that, and I would, and I, we, we laughed about it beforehand, but I take it very serious when somebody mm-hmm. does that. And I have to say to them, I'm not quite sure that's for you. And let me tell you why. You guys, a little bit different. I think you guys, you know, kind of fill the bill for a lot of different people for different reasons. So I think you've done a good job at that. Um, you know, I've, I've had to tell other people that just because I think this organization might be right for somebody else, it may not be right for you. I don't really get that with you. I think you guys are pretty, I don't mean this in a bad way, it sounds kind of bad, but you guys are pretty even across the board. Yeah. And that makes it sound like you guys aren't great at anything. That's not what I mean. What I mean is I don't see anything negative out of you guys whatsoever, which I think is great. Well, I appreciate I mean, that, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, like it's, I said, I've seen your, your, your coaches in person. I've seen your players in person. I've seen your parents the way they – and that's the thing that nobody pays attention to, and that's where I'm going with this. Those are the things you need to check out because I've said this, too, to people when they ask for advice. This isn't just about your kid. You're going to spend – you as a family are going to spend a lot of time at this place with these people, with people you've probably never met before this year. Mm-hmm. You better make damn sure – that they're running a quality organization that has some parameters, rules, whatever term you want to use. Listen, there is no way <clears throat> I could sit here and tell you that I've seen you guys, and I have, ages below me, above me. I've, I've, I've had to have seen you guys in 100 tournaments, and I can never once remember parents screaming and hollering, coaches screaming and hollering, kids throwing their helmets, kids using foul language, not respecting it. I've never seen it. No, listen, I know you guys don't think you're perfect. I'm sure there's incidents, and you correct. But that's how it gets fixed. When there's an incident, you deal with it. What ha- You can't be perfect. What do you do in that? When something happens, how do you fix it? 
I mean, that all stems down from from our owner, Aaron, um, and just the way that he he's handled that those situations. I mean, we immediately have to address those and just stick to our core program philosophies and, and the way that we think the game should be taught and the way that uh, we think it should be handled, um, and that it's it's a fun learning atmosphere. Um, and then it's always about development. It's always about the kids. Take egos out of it. Take take the coach's ego out of it. It should be about getting these kids better and making sure that they are learning as much as they can possibly handle and getting as, as much instruction and, and doing it in a positive manner. It, it's family. It's and, family. yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Like, I'll be sitting on my phone, and a coach, a youth coach can contact me through Facebook Messenger, text, email, and I will respond to them as, as in a quick manner as I possibly can. Even my players. My players have access to me at any time. Um, example, last year, one of our players was having trouble during the spring, and I'm on Snapchat. He sent me a Snapchat message. I said, hey pop on live video let's go let's talk about this and we sat up until about 12 in the morning talking about what was going on well and again i don't i don't um i don't claim i'm not running any other organization i'm not telling you how to do things but the thing that i've seen and and hey frankly have been a part of have made this mistake for whatever the reason might be when something does happen Okay, because it's going to nobody's perfect okay i've had it you've had it we've all had mm-hmm. an incident uh, Throwing a, it could be as throwing a helmet, foul language, a parent overstepping their boundaries, somebody on it, whatever it is. The problem is, is that sometimes we just, I'm not going to say we ignore it, but we kind of brush it under the rug. Oh, that's a one-time incident. One time turns into two, two and then what do you have? A problem. Because mm-hmm. yep. you didn't address it at the beginning. You know, I walked away from this thing basically after last year, and the one thing, I, I look back at all the mistakes I made. The only thing I never did was lie to anybody. That I could go to sleep at night and say, I never misled, I never lied to anybody. Now, I made some decisions that were wrong. Um, I, I may have not, uh, uh, I, I probably at times didn't give a kid a chance I should have given him based on other kids. And whatever that may be, I'll have to live with that. I mean, that's just, I think that's just, you know, that happens. But the one thing I could control, that was just judgment. The one thing I control is lying to people, and I never did that. Mm-hmm. So that I can go to sleep at night with, that I didn't do that. But I did. I made mistakes and, and allowed parents or kids to do things based on a lot of different reasons that I wish I wouldn't have because I feel like I kind of was part of putting them behind that eight ball of them thinking, well, this is okay. I mean, am I wrong there? No, I mean. I, I, I just, you know, it starts at a young age. What do you allow the parents and the kids to do? The inmates run the asylum. I've never seen that with you guys. So, you know, again, see, those are the things I'm talking about. You have to pay attention to those things. If I'm on the outside looking in, and this is what typically would happen. It happened to us a lot. We had a very nice team. I would get a lot of people that would say, hey, if you ever need anybody. And in my mind, you're proud of that. You know, they would say, we love the way you guys coach your kids. It's obvious you you guys are coached to play the game the right way. No disrespect to our coaches, but they're just trying to get 10 kids. I, very nice. But then you sit there and think, you really don't know anything about us. I mean, we could be assholes. <laughs> we could be beating the kids behind the scenes. Before you come right out and say you want to play for us, have you done any homework on us whatsoever? Now, again, we don't do that, so thank goodness. But, hey, I'm telling you, I've seen it. You've seen it. A lot of organizations out there taking a lot of people's money, doing it very poorly. And you know what's the hard, the hard, hard thing to do is the long run play, which is a player comes to your organization and then you develop that relationship throughout four years and then continuing it. Like again, our alumni, we went to um, a Harristo Columbia College game yep. um, and sat on a Saturday, and. There's no cameras. There's no nothing. It's it's an NAIA game. But we thought it was by far the most important game that we had to be at because we had two alumni playing for Columbia College, and they're freshmen, and they're starting for a college. It's awesome. And being able to develop that relationship past the Tigers. They're no, they're no longer an organization. Right. They, they, they've got their own. They're in college. Right. But we will take the time, and we'll go out there, and we'll, we'll continue that relationship. And I think... Right. I think that's just investing in people, Spike, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, trying to take an, an invested interest in everything that those kids do, whether it's outside of baseball or in baseball, um, trying to get to know them, trying to make sure that they feel that they can contact us at any time with anything, 
Because, um, like you said earlier in the show, we play a really impactful role in these kids' lives, whether they're nine or eighteen, um, and, and that's a role that you can't you have to take seriously. Well, you know, I'm really excited because I know you do more than just run the Tigers. You you also are the pitching coordinator. So we've been doing a series. You've been following the Chasing Velocity yep. series. We're going to do another edition of the show with you. So I'm real interested to get into that with you. So if you're listening to this and you're going, hey, ask the guy some, some real baseball stuff. We're, that is coming. Um, but before you go, I'm going to ask you this, you, you know, and, and think this way. We have people listening to this all over the country, not just here in St. Louis. So running a quality organization as you do, what advice would you give to people out there to, to like how to decide where they want to go. I think do your homework. Um, like you said, there are, I mean, we have, we have a website out there. We have many informational packets that we'd be happy to send you at any given time. I'm sure other organizations do the same thing. Um, look up, if you're a high school player, look up where those guys are sending kids to college, if that's your interest. Um, look up um, what their training's for. Try and find out what, what, club fits you because i think like you said before the show starts every club has a little different fit because um, yeah. certain clubs run their their organizations different ways and and each is each is good so just do your homework try and ask around to as many people as you can and try and get as many different opinions as you can um so and then for the people that are in this general area if they want to learn more about rawlings tigers and figure out if maybe they're the rawlings tigers material what ages? How do they do it? Tell our listeners. Sure, they can go to www.rawlingstigers.com. Um, we have a ton of information and resources on that website that explain our program and, and all the information that goes a part of it. Um, or they can call um, us at all of our numbers are on there. Feel free to reach out to myself, uh, Spiker, or Aaron at any time. We'd be happy to talk to you guys. And you can also you can also reach us on Facebook, yep. um, YouTube, Twitter, all the social media channels. All the good stuff. All right? the good stuff. <laughs> all, the, all the stuff that you're good at that I'm all That I'm not good at. <laughs> no, but I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward. Um, you know, it won't come out right after this, but um, actually... Um, you know, it'll come out the week after, but, you know, we're going to discuss our Chasing Velocity series with you. Looking curious, curious your guys' thing is you guys are no different as I followed your program. You guys have had some pitchers that have really started to throw the heck out of it. So you guys are definitely doing some things the right way there. And, you know, sometimes it takes, well, it always takes talent first. So, mm-hmm. you know, you take that talent and develop it the best you can. So we appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Mike. Hey, um, uh, before we go, uh, hit some of our contributors. Um, I just want to follow up on something that David had said, and I just want to remind people of this. The biggest crime, a crime, that's awful. What am I talking about? <laughs> the biggest mistake I think people can make is taking the word of some of one person on a program or a team. I want people to remember this. As I was asking David, you know, what he would suggest people to do, Something I said earlier that I take very serious, that if I was going to, and I don't know that I'd have done this at the beginning, but let's face it, that's what we're here for, right? To kind of, hey, don't do as I did, do as I say, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Here's what I would recommend to anybody. If you were really going to do this, it's more than just a one-day decision. And I will tell you this, I have been around this, knee-deep in it, more than I care to be at times, for sure. I have heard people, bad mouth, some great organizations, some great coaches, some great teams. Let me let you in on a little secret, folks. Typically, a lot of the time, if somebody is that passionate and adamant about bad-mouthing, they probably had a little bit to do with the problem. Don't ever forget that. And I will stand by that. I've, it's been one of my best friends. Okay? It's been people that I care about. Because let me tell you what you can't replace. What I will never be able to replace, and I'll use the Rawlings Tigers today as an example because that's who we were talking about. I could use this example for numerous organizations, but for, for these purposes, I'll use them because that's who we talked to about today. I'm telling you, I've, I spent the better part of, you know, and I'm going to do, listen, I was told there'd be no math, but I'll do some real quick. So six years with my younger son, so they were there a lot of those years. I've seen their teams, whether on the same field, on the field next to us, before we played, maybe after we played when we stuck around for a little while. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've watched, because it's what I do, how they do things, how their coaches handle things, how their parents do things, how they do. Those are the things you need to pay attention to. Do not pay attention to a parent that says they're awful. My kid this, my kid that, my kid this. I will guarantee you, if you did a little bit of background, a lot of times that kid's probably been on five different teams in five years. 
that kid, again, that's a kid, that that kid may be, unfortunately, not as good as their parents think they are. And sometimes, and this is where you'll find a really quality organization, maybe he is really good, but maybe they don't understand that just because you're really good, the team doesn't revolve around you. So those are some things you need to look at. Very simple. Again, if I, it's easy for me to say I never had to do it, but if I was going to do it, which I've done it with my older son, and again, it's not anything against wrong thing. He plays for Rick. I've been around Rick. I like the way Rick does his stuff. That's no, that's not a, that's not a discouraging remark about you guys, the Tigers, or the mm-hmm. prospects, or the gamers. I just happen to have been around him a lot, and I like the way he teaches hittings. And I have the opportunity for my kid to play for him, so he's playing for him. That's it. No big deal. Do you know how many people I've heard badmouth that? I mean, I, a ton. But I know what I've seen with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would tell people. You need to see things with your own eyes. Also go into it. And, Spiker, I'd love to hear your take on this. Go into it with an open mind, knowing that everything's not perfect. It's, it's not. It's, I mean, I it's mean, not it, perfect. It, I mean, and, and family life is not perfect either. But, like, and, and again, with the Tigers, it's all about family. And one thing that we, we believe in with the baseball community, that it is a family. So we know that guys are out there, that they, they, they have their, their stuff that they're doing. You'll never see us bad mouth. We don't, we don't even want to ha- go down that route. All we care about it, when it comes to the high school is trying to give that kid the best opportunity to play college baseball because for me and I don't know about Dave but for me I know that student loans are not fun and when I'm talking with a guy for baseball and I'm trying to make him the best baseball player I possibly can do or be um, I'm thinking I, I want to try to get him a scholarship give him the opportunity hey before we get to our contributors I want to tell you a story um, you know that um, uh, I'm here, and obviously we're here in St. Louis. You, you know I do a Cardinal baseball show, yep. and um, I'm friends with Benji Molina, the mm-hmm. great catcher, 13 years in the big leagues, also happens to be brothers with Yadier Molina, so there's the connection with the Cardinals. Um, if anybody ever wants to follow a tremendous guy, follow Benji Molina on Twitter, at Benji Molina 1. Obviously played in the big leagues. Great story, all three brothers in the big leagues. I mean, unbelievable catchers. He's a very inspirational guy, talks a lot about God, talks a lot about you know, life and how to, how to pursue your dreams, things like that. He was in town for the week for the Cardinals opening series. He was doing some Spanish broadcasts for the Cardinals. So it was nice. He does the Cardinals show with me. So I had him actually here. I was with him every day, met some unbelievable Cardinal players. I met his brother, obviously numerous times, tremendous people. But let me tell you the coolest thing I did while he was here. I had the opportunity to take him to, and my son plays, my, my older son is a varsity player for the Edwardsville high school. Mm-hmm. My younger son is a freshman. Two days he went out there, he addressed the varsity team, and then one day he actually went out and worked with my son, both my sons, just them, privately. Wow. Okay. And listen, let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Yes, especially when he's working with my sons, yes, he physically did a few things with them. It was all mental, the, the conversations. What I loved was the, th- I, I loved this, and I'm sorry, maybe you don't. He looked at every one of these guys and said, are you preparing to play in the big leagues? Because that's what this is. How do you go about your business? That, it, it, why are you here then? If you don't want to give the effort that it takes to play at that next level, whatever it is, what are you doing here? So many people and so many parents, oh, you're never going to make it. You're never going to. I am so tired of adults telling kids what they can and can't do. And you know what I've said for years. I told you this one, one of the first days I met you. My favorite thing is, well, you're not going to play in the big leagues. And then I always say, okay, well, then we'll just do everything half-assed then. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right? Okay, you're right. You know what? You're right. We probably won't play. Odds are, you've seen the numbers, odds are we won't make our high school team, then much less play in high then college, and then, God forbid, we get an opportunity to play professionally. But you know what? Since we probably won't, we'll just show up to practice, roll out some balls, let them go haywire. Who cares what they do? We'll let them act like assholes. Right? Let's bag it up and that, go to that, Pizza You Hut. can tell that I get a little peeved by this, right? Yeah. Okay. I loved it. He looked them all right now. And every one of these kids, and you know what I saw, though, and this is what bugs me, and this is why I had to bring it up. You know what I saw in every one of those kids' eyes? It may have been the first time that anybody ever looked at them and said, why not you? Why not? Now, listen, I'm not saying that you should go out and tell your kid tomorrow he's going to be a big leaguer. That's not my point. What did he say to them? You should be preparing to be one. He said, if you're slow, go get faster. If you don't throw hard enough, go throw. If you can't throw a curveball, go learn how to throw a curveball. Quit talking about what you can't do 
And let's start doing. And I say it to my, my kid, I swear to you, in the group of 30 kids looks at me because you know how many times I've said to him, we need more doers. We got too many people in this world that wait for other people to do things for yeah. them. We need doers. And Benji looks right at him and says, go do it. Quit waiting for somebody else to tell you to do it. You do it. He tells him, I was in Puerto Rico. I thought I was getting drafted. And you know what? They, they looked me in the eye and said, you're not fast enough. The next day I had a rope tied around my waist pulling a truck tire. My dad didn't take me out there. I went and did it every day because somebody told me I wasn't fast enough. Well, why not shoot for the stars? Why not? Because if you miss, you're going you're to be lying amongst them anyways. Well, you, I can tell you what you won't do. What you won't do is when you're 47, you won't sit there and go, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have gave more effort. I wish I would have tried harder. Regret. That's what you won't do. Regret's the worst. Anyway, it was the best. And again, it, it, was the, it was the mental part of what we did that was amazing. So I had to share that with you. Hey, really enjoyed David being on today. I look forward to you guys hearing him on the Velocity Series. So look for that coming up. Uh, now we're going to uh, hear from one of our great contributors. I know you guys are, are fans. Uh, we, we had talked to him. Uh, Justin Stone out of Chicago with EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, going to be a, a great episode this week. Love hearing from him. Don't forget to check him out, EliteBaseball.tv. Let's take it down to Justin. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv, coming back with the tip of the week. And at the beginning of the season, as players are getting out and playing their first games, I always like to give you some tip that is relevant to your season start. And there's a lot of anxiety amongst players and parents that we get off to a good start in the season because we've been training all winter and we want to see that training pay off and success on the field. From a hitting standpoint, when hitters come to me in the dugout looking for answers as a hitting coach, and they're going to come to you as a parent or a coach the same way. When things don't go as well, they often have questions that we want answered as well, thinking, why am I not having success? What are the reasons? It has to be something mechanical. Is my swing not right? And that's usually what they ask you when they're coming back to the dugout. But there's two things that I always have players ask themselves before me as the hitting coach is going to give them information about their actual swing. The two things we have to ask ourselves at the plate when we evaluate your at-bats, did I swing at a good pitch and was I on time? Because in those two cases, let's start with swinging with at a good pitch. A hitter's pitch in a zero or one strike count is defined as a ball that I can hit in the air and keep gap to gap. If I'm swinging at anything out of that zone early in the count, essentially I'm getting myself out. So that first question, am I swinging at a hitter's pitch? If we're swinging at fringe pitches in the zone and getting ourselves out, we've got the answer there right away. So that's what I'm looking for. Every ball out of the pitcher's hand, I'm thinking it is going to be in my hitter's zone, my hot zone, a zero or one strike count ball that I know I can elevate and keep gap to gap. And if it's not there, I'm simply going to put on the brakes late. But a bigger one is timing. Even with subpar hitting mechanics, if I have exceptional timing, I'm going to be a good hitter. And the same thing holds true. If I have really good swing mechanics, but my timing is poor, I'm always going to struggle. So as a parent or coach, here is a way you can evaluate timing by your young, young athlete and make sure they're getting started on time. I tell players all the time, we can deal with having more time as the ball's traveling to home plate. I cannot deal with running out of time. Because if I run out of time, I've got no chance and my mechanics are going to fall apart very quickly. So getting started a little too soon versus a little too late is the way we want to err. How you evaluate that is with video. What you want to do is get the player and the pitcher, the hitter and the pitcher, both in frame on your handheld iPhone, Samsung, whatever you're using as your phone and mobile device. And when you do that, I want them both in frame so you can see how the timing of the pitcher's move and the hitter's move matches up. What we need to see, regardless of the player's hitting style, and we'll show this to you on some video I took at spring training while I was working with the Cubs, is I want to see the player's pelvis, the hitter's pelvis, should advance no later than pitcher's release. If the ball is in flight already and my pelvis has not started the advance yet, we are going to be late. And there is an exception for this. If we have players at a really, really young age, I'm talking seven and eight-year-olds, and we have a hump on the ball as it's coming to home plate, the timing mechanism may start just a bit later. 
But as a generic approach, this is going to hold true for 95% of the players we're talking about listening to this podcast today. Is the start of my pelvis advancing, my belly button gaining ground, will coincide with the pitcher's release. A little before and we can survive if I have good tempo. The body will be controlled slowly out to foot down. But ball in flight and I haven't started that pelvis advance yet, we're going to be in trouble. Mechanics are going to break down. Most likely we're rushing tempo and we're firing from the top and we have our answer right away of why we're struggling to the plate. I simply didn't get started on time. So those are the two questions as you evaluate your at-bats early. People are quick to point out there has to be something wrong with my swing. Very rarely is that the case. It's more likely I'm not swinging in a good hitter's pitch, or two, I simply didn't get started on time. So now you can use your phone and figure out on your own, are we getting started on time? And we can check that one off is one of the reasons that players are or are not having success early in the year. You can see this at EliteBaseball.tv. Come check us out. We're free for 48 hours. And until next week, this is Justin Stone, and I'll see you on the field. Great stuff, as always, from my man. Um, can't do the show without him. Uh, he's just a tremendous teacher. Great for coaches. Great for, great for parents. Great for players. Make sure you check it out, EliteBaseball.tv. Every week we have my man Rick Strickland on with his Ask Rick segment. I uh, appreciate all the questions. Keep them coming. Again, don't forget, just because I'm not asking the question you sent in doesn't mean I don't have it in a little timeline here. And when I get enough people asking the same question, we get it over to him. Let's go now to the Blast Motion St. Louis Pirates Ask Rick segment. Take it away, Rick. Hey, Jim. Thanks again for having me back on the show. Always excited to come on and, and answer uh, the questions from the audience as best I can about baseball and in the swing and anything of that matter. So um, this week's question was an interesting question. I get this uh, question a lot. Uh, and it was um, during batting instruction, they'd like to hear, they hear instructors all the time tell the kids to work the middle of the cage. And their question was why? And uh, don't you need to be able to pull the ball and hit the ball the other way? It, it's, a, it's a unique question because I don't know that working with kids to hit up the middle is the wrong way. I don't know that not working with kids to hit the ball, pull the ball through uh, in the cage is the right way. The one thing that we, 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 uh, when we bought our hit track simulator machine, which is an expensive piece of equipment that actually gives us, uh, you know, allows us to play in the major league parks and some college parks, and really gives us a perspective of how wild the, the, the baseball field actually is. We don't really get to see that a lot when we're in a cage uh, because most of the things, uh, because the cage is usually narrow in scope maybe 55 inches, uh, 55 feet long, and maybe 12 to 13 to 14 feet wide. So when we're in that tunnel, we tend to, to view the field differently. So that's a good question when we talk about pulling the ball and hitting the right, because I know I've talked to some advanced players and we saw in batting practice with the simulator on, and they just couldn't believe that less the, the, the field is that wide. You actually lose perspective of how wide the field actually is. So, yes, when we're working through the middle of the cage, you know, and they think they're pulling a the ball, they're actually hitting it to, to, you know, the left field side of center field, but it's still relatively up the middle of the cage. Now, I really like to work, with, especially with young hitters, through the middle of the cage, because really what we're working on is working on compressing the ball and being able to square the ball up and hit it. A lot of times, because of kids and in, in players' inefficient movement patterns, it's very difficult to uh, get them to learn how to pull the ball up front. So I'd be very cautious about in the interim when you're working with young players about pulling the ball because um, because it is a more difficult pitch to hit. And a lot of times when we're working on pulling the ball, we, we, we go at it the wrong way. So first things first in the cage. You first want to be able to learn how to hit the ball back in the direction of where it came. It's actually the easiest way to do it is to be able to take the bat and be able to throw it back at the object in the, in the direction that it came from. Um, that's usually the uh, the easiest way to teach a person how to compress the baseball when it's coming out. It's more simple and a practical way to do it. So, yeah, we majority of the balls when you work and you instruct in cage are going to be worked on squaring the ball back up, up the middle. Um, on an inside pitch, usually you, you talk about from a, a subconscious standpoint, guys going batting practice at kids, you know, it depends on, you know, what type of level of batting practice coach you are. I think all of us in mind, we don't want to throw balls in the, in the, in the general manner where we're going to kind of hit or harm a kid. So usually those pitches will stay middle out just for safety or fear reasons to be out on that side of the plate. But, yes, 
Do you need to work on the inside pitch? Absolutely. Do you need to work on the away pitch? Absolutely. Uh, from an inside pitch perspective, keep this in mind. I would imagine that over 70% of the balls are all thrown at all levels are probably going to be away from the hitter. So the hitter must learn how to hit the ball first in the middle of the cage, and then secondly, the ball that's away from him, and then lastly, the ball that's on the inside part of the plate. So uh, in the little limited times, if I had to choose one, I'm going to choose hitting the ball up the middle because we're going to see the majority of the pitches middle and away from us. So hopefully that answers it. I don't think that there's a right way or a wrong way. I think it is an easy, practical way to work on it, and that is to really just hit the ball back to the center of the cage. And that's what most instructors choose to do. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad way. Usually when you get down the road and you have some more specialized players, like some advanced players that are being pitched inside, which rarely happens at the high school level or in below, because uh, pitchers definitely don't have that command. So usually what we tell our hitters is don't worry about the inside pitch because you're going to see 90% of the pitches thrown at you are going to be middle away anyway. So let's dominate that first. And once we get to that level and we start moving up uh, and facing people who have more command and can pitch on the inside part of the play, then we'll worry about the inside part. But the first thing before that can even happen, the hitter must be efficient with his movement patterns or no matter how many swings you throw at him or pitches you throw at him on the inside part of the play, he's not going to be able to do much with that inside pitch. So that's my opinion, um, and that's how we train our players, and, and that's how I see other uh, instructors doing the same similar type of work with their hitters. So you know, keep the questions coming, Jim. It's a, uh, great to always chime in on the show and talk to the, the, uh, the listeners. Uh, if they have any questions, definitely reach out to us at, uh, at, at rickstricklandbaseball.com, and uh, we, can, we can go from there. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, my man. Really appreciate it. And special thanks again to St. Louis Pirates Nation and, of course, uh, Blast Motion, the wonderful product that you're seeing more and more on social media. Um, it's an interesting thing to use, and I uh, encourage you, don't just get one. Learn how to use it. That's the other thing I will encourage everybody. Get with some people that know how to use that thing and, and, and really understand what you have in your hands there. So great stuff. Spike, love the show today, man. Your, your guy's awesome. I'm looking forward to doing the uh, Chasing Velocity series with him and get his take. Again, the, the feedback we've gotten on that has been simple. You know, it's always good to have more information. I don't think, and as we talked about earlier, a lot of times it's verbiage. It's how we use words. It's how we go about doing things. That's where the disconnect becomes sometimes. But if you open up your mind and open up your ears, you may find that a lot of people are saying the same thing. Yeah, it's got to be debated. It's got to. Well, and what do we say on here all the time? I, you, if you aren't willing to discuss it, you're not going to get any better at it. Exactly. You know, as like I mentioned earlier, I think one of the biggest problems with youth programs is they, you know, people put their head in the sand, they bottle up stuff, or they don't do whatever. You know, if you have an issue, any coach worth his salt's willing to talk to you, not right after the game, don't forget, okay? But if you got a problem, go talk to them. Find out. Better yet, last piece of advice I'll give you today on that, since we're talking about program baseball, better yet, at any age, have your kid do it. I used to say all the years I coached and I told my kids, I would love for you to come to me and ask me anything. And I tell my kids that today. That coach, that varsity baseball coach, if you went to him and said, Coach, I don't understand something, he would die for you to come do that. Any coach worth his salt wants his player. Here's the thing, and this is what kids you need to understand, parents, whether you're an 8-year-old kid or you're a 17-, 18-year-old kid, if you're in the minor leagues, in the big leagues. They want you to do it. They don't want your mom and dad to do it. They don't want your agent to do it. They don't want your best buddy to do it. They want you to do it. Why? It shows accountability. It shows ownership. Self-motivation. It's the greatest thing in the world, isn't it? Oh, it is. Hey, great show this week. Um, again, we, uh, we'll be getting back to the uh, Chasing Velocity series next week. We're going to have a, a special guest again. If you enjoyed the interview today with David Berkby from uh, the, the general manager with Rawlings Tigers, he's also the pitching program coordinator. We would encourage you to make sure you check it out. Um, like I said, this information that we're sharing with you guys is an effort to not only teach but to help you learn. Chasing Velocity is something that can't be taken lightly. It needs to be taken very seriously. We're talking about health. It's not just about performance. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. And I think Spiker and I, when we were trying to decide what the next series we were going to do, that was as much a part of it as the success part of it. Mm -hmm. It's the health part of it. Uh, you see things. Kids see videos. They see things on Twitter. That's the thing. And then they think, ooh, I want that, I want that, I want that. Well, getting there can be a tough road. And so you have to be careful. And, you know, and we did an Instagram story on the Tigers with uh, the velocity. And I actually I, I got 
I mean, I don't get me wrong. Velocity is very important. But I was looking at stats, and a guy who came across my feed, Greg Maddox. Yeah. That guy did not break 86. And he's a Hall of Famer. Well, I will tell you this. If uh, if you can throw like Greg Maddox, you might have a chance. Okay. <laughs> I don't care how hard you throw. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was a good one. Well, hey, great show. Mm-hmm. Um, again, looking forward to getting back to the Chasing Velocity series next week. want to remind everybody one last time, make sure you check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Uh, again, you'll find our current show. Uh, again, the thing I'm most proud about is we have downloads on every show we've ever done, including the very first one I did two years ago. So people are, are Netflixing it, I say. You know, they're binge <laughs> listening, which is great. Uh, I wonder what, you know, every now and again I'll go back and listen to one of them and realize that although I don't think I'm very good at this now, I was absolutely awful when I started. So it's, it's good stuff, of course. Make sure you check that out at Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us on Twitter. Uh, please follow us on Facebook as well, Youth Baseball Talk. Special thanks to everybody at lineupmedia.fm. They take your entertainment time seriously. You want to listen to what you want to listen to, how you want to listen to it, and most importantly, when you want to listen. Fastest growing podcast network on the planet is lineupmedia.fm. Again, tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com, slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.